0: Today is the second Sunday of Advent, and the lectionary has us in the book of Isaiah, which is jam packed with prophecies concerning the coming Messiah. Isaiah reveals, in part, what the ancient Israelites thought the coming of their Messiah would mean for the whole world. And so, if we want to understand who Jesus is and what he came to do, we've got to know this book. We'll be in uh, Isaiah chapter 11 today, but I want to begin with a few thoughts on the lottery. And, and I, will, I will tie it in, I promise. Last month, a man in California won the largest Powerball jackpot ever, $2.04 billion. But it, it's important to understand where that money came from and why. Why? It's very difficult to get elected in this country when your platform requires raising taxes. And that's one of the primary reasons the state lottery system was created. Through government-sponsored gambling, the state can increase its revenue. The problem is that the people who play the lottery are disproportionately poor. One study shows that Americans who make less than $10,000 per year spend an average of $597 per year on the lottery. That's, that's 6% of their income. So to, to put it mildly, the lottery is a tax on the poor. But to put it candidly, the lottery is a government-sponsored form of oppression. And the irony is that some states use a portion of the revenue to fund programs that help the poor. Some states use a portion of the revenue to fund programs that help people who are addicted to gambling. And most states use a portion of the revenue to fund public education. They use, they, they use lottery money lottery money to teach kids math. Now as as Christians it's it's not enough to just say that people ought to know better because they are being lured into this. The government spends half a billion dollars every year advertising the lottery. They spend half a billion dollars making false promises to desperate people. And that's just the lottery We we could talk about gambling in general. We could talk about payday loans. We could talk about the legalization of drugs. We could talk about how soft on-crime policies actually increase the poverty rate in poor neighborhoods. We could talk about how our state-sponsored culture of promiscuity fuels the abortion industry and the breakdown of the family. But as we will see today, The God of the Bible is a just God, and He has little patience for the oppression of the poor. According to Isaiah, wherever the poor are exploited, the Lord stands ready to strike down those in power. Like I said, we'll be in Isaiah chapter 11 today, but let's let's start in chapter 10. God's people have oppressed the poor. They have failed to give justice to the needy. They have neglected the widow and the fatherless. And so, divine judgment is coming upon them. The nation of Israel is depicted as a forest, and God is coming to cut them down. Chapter 10, verse 18. The glory of His forest and of His fruitful land The Lord will destroy. And verse 33, Behold, the Lord Yahweh of hosts will lop the boughs with terrifying power. The great in height will be hewn down and the lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an axe. Because Israel has failed to care for the poor, God is coming in judgment to prune the nations. And in chapter 11, we see just how far back the nation is pruned, all the way back to the stump. Verse 1 refers to the stump of Jesse. And who was Jesse? Jesse was the father of King David. So God is cutting the forest all the way back to Jesse, to a time prior to King David. It's as if the royal line that descended from David never even existed. The stump of Jesse means that the Davidic dynasty is dead. But the stump of Jesse also means that Isaiah is setting the stage for a new David. Verse 1. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Isaiah tells us that there shall come forth a new David, a new king from the stump of Jesse. The Davidic dynasty is dead, but we worship a God who raises the dead. He can cause even a dry stump to blossom. He can reestablish the royal dynasty through the virgin womb of a teenage girl. And so the coming Messiah will resurrect the line of David. And verse 2 the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins in other words this this new david is going to be a just and righteous king he will be filled with the spirit and he will fear the lord and therefore He will not tolerate the oppression of the poor. God's answer to injustice and unrighteousness in the world is to bring forth a new and better king who will usher in an entirely different kind of kingdom. He will fear the Lord. He will bring justice to the poor, and he will eradicate wickedness from the earth. The Messiah will lead us back to the garden of Eden. Consider all the imagery thus far forests and trees, branches bearing fruit, the anointing of a new king, people living in harmony. This is a description of the garden. And of course, it, it continues in verses 6 to 9. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, there are two primary things I want to point out here. Number one, Isaiah envisions predators and prey living at peace. When the kingdom of God comes in all its fullness, predators and prey will dwell together in harmony, just like the rich and the poor. And this means that the Messiah is not just coming for humans. As it says in Romans chapter 8, the whole creation groans for the coming of the kingdom. The whole creation groans to be set free from its bondage. The coming of the kingdom of God ought to be good news for animals. The coming of the kingdom of God ought to be good news for the environment. Number two, Alongside all these references to animals, there are three references to a child. A little child shall lead the animals, the nursing child shall play over the whole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. Now, in the book of Isaiah, this child is the Messiah. This child is Jesus. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. So first of all, notice how this Messiah child relates to the serpent. Isaiah has us back in the garden, except this time the serpent can do no harm. And that's because the Messiah child is the promised offspring of Eve who has come to crush the head of the serpent. Notice also that the child is leading the animals. Hundreds of years prior to Isaiah, the prophet Samuel traveled to Bethlehem to anoint a new king from among the sons of Jesse. David was only a child at the time. And where was he when Samuel asked for him? What was he doing? David was keeping the sheep. When the Lord chose David to be the king of Israel, he was a child, and he was literally leading animals. And so, the new David is described as a child who will lead the animals. And not just sheep, even the wild beasts will follow him. So, uh, according to Isaiah 11, the coming Messiah will resurrect the line of David, the coming Messiah will be just and righteous and spirit-filled. The coming Messiah will crush the head of the serpent. And the coming Messiah will bring peace and harmony to all of creation. That sounds pretty great, right? But admittedly, peace, peace and harmony do not always describe our current reality much within Isaiah chapter 11, remains unfulfilled. And so so the question is, what are we supposed to do about that? Well, it, it is my firm conviction that when the Bible presents us with a vision that does not look like our current reality, God is inviting us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to work towards closing the gap. For instance, verse 9 says that the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What is that if not a picture of the fulfillment of the Great Commission? According to verse 10, when the root of Jesse is lifted up as a banner for the peoples, the nations will come to inquire of him. Again, this is a picture of the fulfillment of the Great Commission. But wait a minute, in verse 10, it's the root of Jesse. What happened to the shoot of Jesse? Back in verse 1, it was the shoot of Jesse, not the root of Jesse. Well, Christ is both the shoot of Jesse and the root of Jesse. He comes from Jesse, and Jesse comes from him. As it says in Micah chapter 5 the coming of the Messiah will be from of old from ancient days. Christ is the final king in the line of David, but he was also ruling long before David. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is the king of kings. He is the just, righteous, faithful, god-fearing and peace-making king we all want. Are you you happy with the state of American politics? Of course not. No matter where you fall on the political spectrum, no matter who you think ought to be in power, you have to admit, we don't have many just, righteous, faithful, God-fearing, peacemaking candidates. And so, and, and so Isaiah chapter 11 is very good news for us. Christ will never advance his agenda at the expense of the poor. His government is good news to the poor. With righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. This is good news. This is good news for you, and this is good news for your neighbor. The Messiah child will come. The child whose birth we await this Advent season, he will come. And he will lead us into a world of peace and harmony. He will lead us into the world we all want. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we we thank you. We thank you for the sort of God you are, just and righteous and faithful. Jesus, we thank you for the sort of king you are and for the sort of kingdom you are bringing, that you have brought, that you are bringing, that you will bring. We, We invite you to come more fully. Holy Spirit, insofar as... Our world doesn't look like Isaiah 11. Help us. Empower us to close the gap. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.